Let's go ahead and pray as we start just kind of this informational meeting and hopefully it won't be too painful and uh, you know I'm, I'm not asking for money so that's a good time to say Amen. but that is next month and so uh, Lord help us today as we just um, share some information of direction and vision for the church uh, that we um, find unity uh, not not always Lord and circumstances but unity in you you love us, and you ask us to love others, so help us to do that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, Plant the Gospel 2016, you can see the slide. That's going to be our theme for 2016, and I'll be explaining that a little bit today, uh, what that means. Uh, just a couple things that, that's really not part of this, but I want you to be aware of is um, beginning next week, we're introducing a new logo. Go ahead and show that. And uh, very similar, it's a cross, but we've used and incorporated some new colors, and so you guys are getting to see it early. Isn't that awesome? Uh, next week, this will be on signage, on business cards, on letterheads. Uh, logos, branding is important in our culture, and it's important every once in a while to have fresh branding. Now, uh, we, when we began the process of looking at doing different things uh, with our current logo, the problem was we didn't have it in all the formats we needed to use it in, in different ways. We couldn't put on shirts, we couldn't change um, vision statement with it. And so uh, then we began looking at a, another logo. Uh, Laura Calhoun's company has been so helpful in us in website and logo and, and a lot of these things. As a matter of fact, I think Laura is doing a lot of our website stuff right now herself. And so we appreciate that. So this was a, a logo we, we introduced with the uh, help of the church board, and we had several different ones that were some, somewhat similar, but uh, uh, this was the logo that was almost uni universally accepted out of like eight or nine the first time through. Um, next week, uh, we're going to make shirts available. So if, if you would like to purchase a shirt or a sweatshirt with new logo, uh, Christy has been doing some research, and, and so I'll be getting me some hoodies next week, some big sweatshirts with the logo on it. And so if you're interested in that kind of stuff, see Christy next week. We'll have a place for you to do it. Uh, also next month, we will be talking parking lot. Who drove to church today? Okay. Uh, it's nice to have a parking lot. And so... Uh, there's more work. Last year we did a lot of um, renovation on the parking lot, but we left a good part of it. And so next summer we, we believe we're going to be at the place where we have to take care of the, the rest of it. So we're not going to talk about that today, but in about a month Joe Case is going to be coming up and sharing some of that. And then also I want you to be in prayer about our property uh, north of, of the church on 31. Most of you are aware that we own about 25 acres, Harold Green, is that right? That's uh, 25 acres, and you know we, we really don't have any vision right now of what we can use the property for, and so as a church board, we have talked about investigating selling the property, and we got some not good news on the value of the property, and basically the property is worth between six to $8,000, and we paid a lot more than that. Um, so we need to be prayerful about that. Uh, you know, I, I don't want anybody to be panicky about the property, but we've got a lot of money invested in it, and either we need to, to cast a vision for the use of the property, or we, we need to figure out how we're going to approach it. So we're looking financially at what's the best way to proceed, and we just want you to be aware and prayerful for that. I would let you know, as a congregation, if anybody's interested in buying 25 acres north of land for about $500,000, come see me, and uh, I, I've got a deal for you. I'll give it to you for 400000 probably. So, 2 by 2020, and, and this is a phrase 
that you've heard often in, in the past year. Uh, this has been a, an ideal that has been endorsed uh, by two separate church boards. We, we voted on this for the church board that served from 2014, 2015, uh, the ideal of planning two, cam- two new campuses, two new launches in Union County by 2020. Uh, and that board and then this current board, when, when I did my annual report, I used the phrase two by 2020. We've talked about it in, in prayer meetings and, and encourage you to be thinking about it. So I, I think it's important that we, we have an informational meeting because I don't want there to be wild rumors of something that's, that's not true. Three goals for this meeting. First is information. It's, it's hard to, to, to disseminate information in a church body. You guys understand that. We put stuff in bulletins. We put stuff in newsletters. But, but sometimes, it, you know, if, if someone doesn't see that bulletin, if somebody doesn't see that newsletter, and even this is not a perfect method because I know there's people out of town for, for good reason, and, and so uh, not everybody will hear this information. But, but we wanted to start somewhere where everybody was together. Um, the second thing is informa- or inspiration. <laughs> I, I hope... And I'm sitting in a stool. What's the running? How long do you guys think I'll be in the stool before I'm up? What's the running? 30 more seconds. Well, when I start talking about inspiration, excitement, we believe, and I hope as you listen to me that you get excited about what God is doing in our church. God is not done with Marysville Church of the Nazarene. He has a vision. He has a plan for us. I believe our pastoral staff is united in excitement. I believe our church leadership is. And we want you to be excited too. Uh, momentum in the church is created when people are excited about the church. Uh, when we don't think the church is doing anything, it's very difficult to invite a neighbor or a friend or a family member. But when we begin to see what God is doing in our church, I believe it should inspire us to be excited about what God is doing. Um, and then involvement. Uh, God is calling us in a direction, and, and I think all of us need to be introspective and ask ourselves what how do I need to be involved? This is not just about leadership teams. It's not about church boards. It's not about pastoral staff. It's about you. This isn't my vision. This isn't your church board's vision. This is the church's vision. And the only way that this has any legs is if you guys buy in and become involved. John Maxwell has a saying, a maxim, that if you're leading and no one's following, you're not leading. You're just out for a walk. And so... I don't believe I, as a senior pastor, lead pastor, wants to be out for a walk, and I don't think our board does or our other pastoral staff. Now, this is an invitation. If you're here today, guess what? This is a ground floor invitation. <laughs> I'm, I'm inviting you to be part of this from the beginning. And that's kind of an exciting thing. Ground floor is neat, right? That, that's when you get all the money, right? Now, there's no money, uh, but there's the, the, the kingdom invitation. Uh, I believe God's doing something fresh in our church. Now, I want to be careful that you not hear something that I'm not saying. God has been active in this church for 50-some years. And so for us to say that God has a fresh move in no way takes anything away from the past move of God. God has moved very effectively through this church. We just believe that God still has a vision and a story for this church. He's not done with us. And I wrote in my notes, that's probably a good time. We ought to have dancing in the aisle sections in our church, I, you know, that, that we can just celebrate what God is doing. And that's a good time to say amen and, and shout for joy. Scripture for today, and this is Galatians chapter 6, and we'll be reading from the message. Uh, 
beginning of verse 6 of chapter 6, Be very sure now you have been trained in a self-sufficient maturity, that you enter into a generous common life with those who've trained you, sharing all the good things you have and experience. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit through the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. So let's, let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. Uh, so, so we're talking about where we think God is leading. and we're, we're, We've used that phrase, two by 2020, and this is the ideal that we believe that God has placed a, a seed, has placed a vision in this congregation to have two new campuses, two new churches, in Union County by 2020. Um, we are the only, uh, to the extent that, that you guys are interested, I'm, I'm a Nazarene pastor, and, and so this is important to me. We're Nazarene. If you're a member here, you're a Nazarene. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a Nazarene, okay? That, you, you probably not told me by that this week. Uh, we are a Nazarene church, church, and we have a particular theology, a way we look at uh, life and, and the Bible, and, and we believe that it's, it's a shame that there's only one Nazarene church in Union County and that there should be other expressions. But, but we do not begin with a new campus. So everybody go, okay? Uh, we'll take some of the pressure off you. You know, we're, we're not doing this tomorrow. Uh, we, we begin, we believe, by planting the gospel. Alan Hirsch who is a Scottish or South American theologian. I had it in my notes, Scottish. Again, South African, South American, South. He's from somewhere else. <laughs> we saw him at M15, and, and Alan Hirsch said, don't let your ecclesiology predetermine your church plant. And, and then he said, instead, plant the gospel, don't plant churches. And I got to tell you, there, there's a freeing in that little saying that, you know, I, th- I think we get so caught up in what has to be and what it's got to look like and what structure has to be there. But, but I believe God is inviting us to, to begin to see things maybe in a different way, that perhaps the church that we plant won't look exactly like this church. Church is springing up in all sorts of ways, in all sorts of communities. And, and you know, we, we need to be mindful that, that there's house churches, uh, there are cowboy churches. Who would like to go to a cowboy church say, yeehaw? Uh, cowboy churches. I mean, there, there, there is a, a legitimate spread of the gospel in this setting where people with that slant get together and, and, and share the good news. Coffee house churches. Remember Mike Benson had the motorcycle club church. And, and so church is springing up in unique ways, and, and we do not want to, to set an ecclesiology. We do not want to set a structure and hinder what God might want to do in our county. So, so the theme for 2016 is not planning a church, uh, but planning the gospel 2016. Hopefully, the, the theme for 2017 will be harvest or gathering the harvest <laughs> 2017. Uh, but, but I believe God expects his people to be about the business of planting 
the gospel. That, that this isn't just something pastors and leaders do. It's not just something for, for you know, our evangelists to do, but God is calling all of us to be a part of this vision of planning the gospel in Union County. God has this comprehensive vision for the whole world. And it begins where we are, and it spreads to the ends of the earth. In Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. I believe for a Christian, waiting is not an option. God has called us to go. God has called us to be, an act, to be active. Passive is not an option if we are following Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is not passive. Jesus is not waiting. Jesus is going, and he's inviting us to go with him. Now, if you were in the first service, you're saying, well, pastor designed a sermon exactly for what he's talking about today, because this is the same sermon or scripture that I used in my sermon. Uh, If you don't know how I plan for sermons, I am planned way out. Uh, For instance, in October, we're doing Just Walk Across the Room. In November, we're going to go through Psalm 23. December, which is Christmas, is always a struggle for me. I'm still working through that. But in January, uh, I believe we're going to go through A Month to Live. So I plan three and four months out. Those who've been involved with me in this process knows that's how I do things. Uh, This sermon for today has been planned since July. <laughs> and so it's just interesting. God, do you believe God has a plan sometimes, even for pastors? And so he gave me a scripture three months ago, that two months ago became part of this presentation. Uh, God is moving in our church. Um, here's the key point from this morning's sermon. You'll hear it again if you weren't in the first service in the second service. After Pentecost, God moved as obedient people full of the Holy Spirit moved. Uh, Not that God's not active in our community. God is active, but he invites us to partner with him. And, And it's through obedient people full of the Holy Spirit that the gospel is spread in Acts and it will be spread in Marysville. Uh, The kingdom is spread through obedient people. Um, Think of it this way. Every church, it just is a church plant. You realize that? Uh, Has anybody ever been to a church plant? Raise your hand. Everybody raise your hand. Every church is a church plant. And someone full of the Holy Spirit began the work of this church 50 plus years ago in a house, I believe, on 6th Street. Is that right, Mary Louise? Uh, Somebody full of the Holy Spirit said there needs to be a church, a Nazarene church, in Marysville, and they came, and I believe it began as an outreach Sunday school class in a house on 6th Street, and and we look what God has done. Um, So so every church is a church plant, and and God isn't finished with us. God wants to spread his kingdom through Marysville Church of the Nazarene. Now, now he won't do that through programming. He won't do that because we we cast a vision. He won't do that because we, we have the ideal of it. But he'll do that as we are obedient, full of the Spirit, going, doing, planting as he gives us opportunity. So, how can we plant the gospel? How can we plant the gospel in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the remotest part of the earth? How do we plant the gospel in Jerusalem? Now, now Jerusalem represents 
our houses, our households, our places of work. It represents, um, it represents our neighborhoods. It represents where we live. It represents those people that we love. It represents our friends. And so the first way we do it is by sharing our faith. Next week, uh, we're going to begin the conversation with just walk across the room. And, and this is evangelism training. And, and I, I'm going to change the language. And i got to stand up. I'm sorry. I'm going to change the language just a little bit from evangelism training to conversation training. See, see I believe we, we have trouble even having simple conversations with people about spiritual things. And so we get this ideal that evangelism is, I have to take people down the Romans road, or there's, there's some particular script I have to follow. No. Uh, evangelism is conversation. Discipleship is conversation. And then just walk across the room. We'll, we'll train ourselves in ways that we can initiate conversations, initiate spiritual conversations, and in the midst of that spiritual conversation, share our story, what God has done, is doing in our life. I'm going to have to move this because that's too far down now. So, so just walk across the room. There's a sign-up sheet back there. If you've not signed up, that'll get you a participant guide, not the book. If you want the book, uh, we can get you information on that, but that's the participant guide that we'll use in the small groups and just to, to help you in your conversation. The second thing is cultivating a welcoming environment in this place. Now, that, that's a couple things. That, number one, we, we need to think about the atmosphere, uh, how the building's set up, what the building looks like. Uh, you know, buildings, who's been to a restaurant that's updated what it looks like, right? You know, McDonald's doesn't look like McDonald's looked like 40 years ago. And Bob Evans changed its appearance. So, so in, in environments, you always have to be aware of the environment and what you're saying by your environment. And so we're looking at some things to do, even in the environment of our worship center, where we gather here. Now, now there's not a lot that I believe needs to be done, but there's some things that needs to be done to update uh, what we're doing here. For, for one thing, I would love to not have our cross-covered by the screen every time I speak, but I use slides. And so we're talking about ways to hang um, projectors or hang uh, screens on both sides so that we can lift the center stage, lift the center screen so that we can accent the cross and put some colored lights on it and do some different things. And so those are things that we're looking at. So, so don't expect everything to look the same until Jesus returns. And that's a good time to say amen. I'm sorry. Change is part of life, and, and change in structures and buildings occurs. But, but it's not just about environment, but it's, it's how we are welcoming people. Uh, you know, we're, we're doing things to open in, in church language, to open the front door. But we want to make sure that in the meantime, we are closing the back door so that we don't lose as many people as we gain by being more welcoming. And, and, and so uh, we, we need to think of, of how we can connect people more effectively to our congregation. Uh, the word I want you to think about is relationships. I, I think typically when somebody comes into our church, the first thing we think is, how can I connect them to the discipleship process, right? If I can connect them to the discipleship process, then, then, then they can be connected to the church. You know there are people in our Sunday schools that aren't really connected to other folks. So, so I want us to start thinking about this different. Instead of thinking of connecting people to discipleship, I think we need to start connecting people to friendship, 
to relationship. See, discipleship, true discipleship, is just not a learning process, but discipleship is part of an effective, loving relationship. And so when we connect people to friendship and we allow Christ to be the center of that that friendship, then there is a natural flow to discipleship. That, That doesn't mean we stop doing small groups in Sunday school and just have barbecues in the backyard we still do those things but the most important thing we do is not connect someone to a Sunday school class but connect them to a relationship a friendship involvement matters relationship matters friendship matters and part of this process is ushers and greeters Um, we need friendly people (laughs) If you're friendly, say amen. Amen. Okay, did you get their names down, somebody? (laughs) We need friendly people, people outgoing people, people who are welcoming to serve as ushers and greeters, particularly greeters. You don't have to be that friendly to take people's money. As a matter of fact, you'd be a little gruff. But we need need greeters, and we're going to be providing training here as soon as we can get a good group of people to to be involved in this. Uh, We need people that will help and assist in the process. And we believe uh, as God sends new people our way, and you guys realize God's sending new people our way, right? (laughs) Uh, There's been visitors almost every week for the past few few weeks and few months. So God's sending new people our way. So we need a mechanism in place to connect them to the body. Rick Warren wrote an article on connecting people to the body. He said, Lyle Schaller has done extensive research that shows the more friendships that a person has in a congregation, the less likely he is to become inactive or leave. In contrast, I once read about a survey of 400 church dropouts who were asked why they left their church. Over 75% of the respondents said, I didn't feel anyone cared whether I was there or not. <laughs> You've just seen that here. Uh, you, you had a long-term pastor, a great pastor. Pastor Paul Whiteford was an awesome pastor. You loved him. And, and many of you came to this church because of him. But when he left, you didn't leave. Why? You had relationship and friendships in this place. The truth is, pe- people will come to a church for a pastor, but they stay because of loving relationships within that church. If that's true, say Amen. Genuine, loving friendships connect people to the body. And so look around you. This morning when you come to service, look around you and see if there's people that you don't know. And and maybe we'll practice that that evangelism tool that we've taught where we do this. Hi, my name's Paul. What's your name? Okay? You know, that's that's deep stuff, isn't it? Genuine friendships, general, genuine relationships. Reggie Joyner is a, um, a new church guy, and he's connected with Andy Stanley. And you, you guys saw a video series on Andy Stanley not too long ago. But I saw Reggie Joyner at, um, at Catalyst in 2013, and he said something that stuck with me. He, he said this, you don't convince people to love God. You create a place where they can be loved by God, by people who love God. (laughs) 
In other words, if you want people to, to enter into a relationship with God, where it begins is you love God and you love them and you create an atmosphere where they can come in close proximity to you. And in the, meet, in the midst of that, they can um, find relationship with God. The, the, the third thing is creating new entry points to the church. Now, we have um, some significant ones. I, I see Mary out there. Naz and Stitches is a significant connecting point with our church. We, we have lots of ladies. I go over there every Thursday, and they are sewing like the wind. And, uh, but, but many of them, most of them, aren't connected with our local congregation. Some of them are connected to other churches. God bless, that's, that's great. But, but some of them aren't connected with any church. And, and so this has become an entry point where ladies can in, be involved in real conversations, spiritual conversations. I hope every once in a while you guys talk about God, not just cross stitches and stuff like that. Uh, occasionally. So, Naz and Stitches, Upward, and I saw Eric there. Eric had a meeting this week with Upward, and so we'll be getting back. This is a way, an entry point, a connecting point, an open door for our community to come and see our church. And and then the last one that I'm going to talk about today is Practical You. Uh, On Sunday nights, uh, it'll probably be January before these begin to be rolled out, but we want to begin developing some practical classes for people, uh, short classes that, that are easy to invite your neighbors to. Now, we, we do discipleship on Sunday night, and so we'll continue to do that. But, but there's no reason you couldn't jump in with a neighbor for a one to th- two, three week uh, period and, and, and be involved in some practical training. Now, now, the kind of training, it's anything that's not opposed to Scripture. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's not necessarily a Bible study. It may, it may be... We may have Ambrose do a woodworking class, but something where you can bring a neighbor. You didn't know you were going to do that yet, did you? Yeah. (laughs) Something that you can, in a non-threatening way, involve a neighbor. Maybe it's a couponing, a budgeting. Maybe it's a cooking class. Maybe it's it's something on raising children. Uh, Maybe it's something on financial planning. Maybe we bring in a guy that can help us with current financial planning trends. Something that you can invite your neighbors to that's non-threatening, where you can have a conversation and you can begin to have not only conversations about couponing, but, but, but maybe on spiritual matters as well. So that'll be rolled out in in January. And then just engaging our community. Um, big events for our community. We, we participated in the July 4th um, barbecue rib fest, and you guys all served there. Um, um, Supper with Santa was one of those events. We're, we're getting ready to have a family fall fest, but I don't believe we've got a sign-up sheet for that yet. We'll, we'll need your help uh, when that happens. That's October 24th. Say that date with me. October 20th. Is that right? Is that the right date? What date is it? What date is it? October 24th. Okay. But now you remember. We'll need your help. And and this is a way to engage our community, to plant the gospel. And then over the next few months, we want to find other ways we can support other community events. Let me introduce you to a philosophy I have. You don't have to invent new ministries every time you want to do something, right? I mean, folks, we we ignore all these other ministries and think that the church has to to invent everything that we do. For instance, there's a ladies' Bible study that meets, that's non-denominational, that crosses denominational grounds, that meets, when do they meet? Somebody tell me. Thursday night? Is it Thursday night in town? Uh, that, That is an awesome 
uh, Bible study. That you know, I'd encourage you. I mean, ladies, if you're looking for a Bible study, there's nothing wrong with that. You can participate and you get a, meet other believers. It's good stuff. Uh, Jim Carr says in the first service he wasn't here now. Jim participates in the men's version of that, and and they're going through the Book of Revelation in Marion. And so there's, there's Bible studies out there that, that we don't have to reinvent everything. And, and it's the same with community events. Uh, every Friday night you have an event, or in the summer, downtown Marysville, right? Well, we want to plug into those events. Uh, we, we, we want to be a presence there. Because guess what? That's where lost people are. <laughs> you know, that, that's the weird thing about Jesus. You know, Jesus didn't spend a lot of time in the church. Jesus went to where the people were. And, and, you know, that's what I love about, I love being Wesleyan. Because that's what John Wesley did. John Wesley said, you know, my world is the church. You know, the, my, the world is the parish. I don't have to be in a church building to be planning the gospel. As a matter of fact, planning the gospel here is not always as productive as planning the gospel out there. And so we want to be part of these events and, and figure out ways. And, you know, we're looking for suggestions from you as well. This isn't just us. This isn't just leadership saying, hey, let's do this. This is why we're having this meeting. Maybe you have a way that we can be involved in any of these activities. How do we plant the gospel in Judea? So that's how we plant the gospel in Jerusalem. How do we plant the gospel in Judea? This, this is for people who are like us, but not quite as local. Uh, this is the ideal of a church plant. And we believe that this county needs more expressions of holiness churches. So, so why plant? The number one reason, and to be honest, I, I probably shouldn't give any more reasons than this, but, but this is the number one. There's other reasons we're going to give. New churches reach lost people. Say that with me. New churches reach lost people. If we're serious about the lost, if we really have a heart for those that are lost, there is no program, there is no technique, there is nothing that we can do that is nearly as effective as new churches in reaching lost people. Um, a new church, a new church is three times more likely to reach a lost person than a church more than 15 years old. I mean, that, that's just the statistic of it. Can I say it another way? New churches save families from hell. Uh, that's, pretty, that's pretty dire and blunt, isn't it? But it's the truth. Folks, we need to develop an urgency for the lost. As I am giving this little message... There are people who are dying, and we believe, going to an eternal hell. And there needs to be an urgency among God's people for those who are lost. Jesus said, I have come to seek and save that which is lost. And Jesus went to every means to save and seek that which was lost, including dying on a cross. And so I want us to have an urgency for lost people. This isn't about just people thinking like us, but this is an eternal decision we are believing people need to make. Lost people matter to God. Lost people should matter to us. The second thing is this. There is a connection in our decline as a Christian nation 
with the number of churches. In other words, the number of churches is reflective of the decline of our nation as a Christian nation. You know, we're, we're Mike Slaughter, who pastors Ginghamsburg um, United Methodist Church, I think it's just Ginghamsburg Church now, says we are post-literate, we are post-modern, we are post-Christian. <laughs> All those three things are present. And, and I believe that in, in most ways, we live in a pro, post-Christian culture. Now, at, at most places, the, the government is, is, a, is neutral towards the church, but I'm not sure if it's always going to be that way. But, but definitely in the last hundred years, there has been a shift in our country. Amen? <laughs> and there's a connection with the decline in the number of churches. Now, I know that's a chicken and egg argument. Is there less churches because uh, we're a post-Christian culture? Or is there a, le- we're a, less, a post-Christian culture because there's less churches? But, but I think this question loses its edge when we realize that new churches are statistically shown to be the best strategy. strategy. Man, I can't t- stop, talk today. I got another sermon to preach. Pray for me. New churches are statistically shown to be the best strategy to reach lost people. In other words, there there is a statistical uh, thing that we can show that a new church is more effective in reaching lost people, so that affects our culture. In 1900, there were 28, and this is nationwide, in 1900, there were 28 churches for every 10,000 people. In 1950, there were 17 churches for every 10,000 people. And in the year 2000, there were 12 churches for every 10,000 people. Now, in Union County, I couldn't find statistics that that went back in the same way. I I could find from 1980 to 2000, and those statistics are consistent with the nationwide statistics. In 1980, there were 14 churches in Union County for every 10,000 people, and in 2000, there were 11.5 churches for every 10,000 people. And it's even more striking when you consider those who consider themselves to be a part of a local church by the percentage, and it's drastically changed. In 1980, 38% of Union County associated itself with a local church. In 2010, it's less than 30%. Um, if we lose another, 30, another 10% in 30 years, folks, can you see the direction that we are tracking? Now, every once in a while, I'll hear about Union County, and I, I think this is true. We're not as bad as some places, right? That, that's true, that we're not as bad. Hold on, I've got to get a drink of Americana. This is, cap- this is a four shots of espresso and hot water. It is good stuff. <laughs> we're not as bad as some places, but we can't wait until it is as bad as some places to act. Right? This is the time to act. Thirdly, doctrinally, we believe in what we teach. I I believe in our theology. I believe in holiness. I I believe God is not just saving people, but he's wanting to transform them. I I believe in what we... I believe we have a message that Union County needs to hear. So how does it begin? Luke 10.2 says, And he was saying to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So it begins with prayer. Um, at 10.02, my phone is scheduled to ring an alarm every day. And sometimes I see it like at 10.50 because it's not a loud one because I never know where I'm going to be. But at 10.02, my alarm, as a matter of fact, it went off while I was speaking. <laughs> 
at 10.02, my alarm goes off, and I say a short prayer for church planning and for our church in particular. So I, I think let's, let's do that right now, okay? Lord, help us as we explore, as we talk about, as we have conversations, as we think and pray about this, to find your will. Lord, we want lost people to find you, and we want to be your instruments in this community. So help us, Lord, just to catch your vision. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, so you might want to set an alarm, 10.02, every day. Pray for your church, pray for your pastor, pray for the churches that are planning all over uh, this, this area. Then go. <laughs> um, you know, the, the reminder from the sermon, from Pentecost, God sent, and he's inviting us to go. And how do we go? We, we serve, we, we serve at community events, we, we find avenues of conversations. But what do we do now? Or what do we know now? God has called us to plant. Uh, we're, we're depending on him to respond to our obedience. As we are obedient, as, as we plant, we believe God brings the harvest. And so at this point, we, we are called to plant. We have not determined, and this is going to be the scary part for me and for you, okay? We've not determined where, who, or exactly what it will look like. I'm just being transparent with you. We, we, you know, th- these are the conversations we're having. Um, if you've served in the church board when we've had these conversations, or you've churched, served on the sewing team, stand up. Okay? We've had conversations amongst these people. You guys can be seated. Those are the kind of, if you have questions, <laughs> you guys didn't know I was going to do this to you. Did you? If you have questions, you can talk to them. They'll know some things. They won't know all things. But we're, we're engaged in conversations right now trying to determine these things. Uh, and we're wanting to find uh, what God would have us do. When? Uh, Bob and I talked to Stadia, who are experts in church planting. Experts on church planting say that a 24-month ramp-up is necessary for an effective new start. In other words, before we have boots on the ground in a place, in a campus, it's at least 24 months when you, from when you begin serious conversations. I'm considering this the beginning of our serious conversations of what this might look like. So that means earliest is, who can do math? October of 2017. Um, what do we need? We need an Isaiah-like attitude. Here am I, send me. See, I, I believe that there's individuals in this church that you're trailblazers, you're adventurers, you're, you're evangelists at heart, and this whole ideal of going somewhere and starting something new and being part of it from the beginning is appealing to you. And God's already stirring that seed within you, and, and you're beginning to think, man, as a matter of fact, I may have to rein you back a little bit, but God's already stirring the seed. Where God sends fruit, we'll support. And, and hear me, this morning. At some point, we're going to need people who will be part of a launch team. And we'll have to support it financially. It will cost money and it will cost people. Uh, just as an example, Quest, which is in Bell Fountain, uh, did a launch on Indian Lake and they committed 30 people and $25,000. Per year. I mean, the 25 is for three years, right? Christy, do you know for sure? It's at least a one-year commitment. 
but, but when they committed that, the district supported by another $50,000. So, so there's, and then there's also money you can get from general headquarters. You can, if, if we would commit 25,000, most likely we would be able to get another $60,000 from other sources to help us in the planning process. A church plant is not easy and will take a commitment of finances and people. That's the truth. Luke 12, 48 says, When someone is given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. We have been given much. This is a blessed church. God has blessed you in this place. And church planning means that we're willing to invest what God has invested in us and others. Now, I had Christy get me a, a bag of seeds. And this is a bag of corn. Anybody ever see what corn seed looks like? Looks like corn. <laughs> it's a bag of seeds. And, you know, the, the, the interesting thing, there's all sorts. Tell me, Russell, how many acres, how much would a bag of seeds like that plant? 2.6 stalks? Acres. 32,000. So this bag would do 2.6. 80,000 kernels. But you know, as long as it stays in the bag, how much fruit will it produce? Zero. As it sits on this stage, this bag of corn will not produce any fruit. A seed only produces fruit when it's planted. And what I'm afraid of as a church, we don't want to become a canvas bag full of seeds. A church will only produce kingdom fruit to the extent that we plant the gospel. This is a big commitment. Say that with me. Big commitment. It's bigger than me, and it's bigger than you, and it's bigger than this church. But it's not bigger than God. But a church will only produce fruit to the extent that it invests, that it plants. God can bless and will bless those who fully commit to him. Now, one final thought before we look at some practical things. We're, I, I want you to understand that I believe we're blessed, and I believe that's one of the reasons God's calling us to more. You're blessed, you're multi-talented, uh, you love people. Every evangelist, everybody I have that comes in talks about how well you love each other. Um, but how much more can we allow God to use us? How much more can we do? Now, Alan Hirsch in, at M15 said, in every apple, is an orchard. Do you ever open it up an apple? Anybody eat the whole apple? Anybody eat core at all? I'm just curious because we're going to do some counseling later. You know, in, in the middle of the apple is this core with all these seeds. And, and Alan Hurst said, in every apple there is an orchard. And in every church are many churches. In this church, there are many plants, many seeds that if we're obedient, God can use us in a dynamic way. So what's our next steps? Gather information. Uh, we've, we are continuing to gather information. Just uh, two weeks ago, Bob and Terry went to a, a New Start launch at, called the Good News Church in Powell. Talk to them about their experience. I mean, it, it was awesome, wasn't it? It was exciting. 
There was excitement there. So, so we're, we're looking at other plants. We're, we're talking with Stadia, which is the, um, the, the consultant. And, and at some point, we're going to have them step beside us as we go through this process. So we're gathering information. We're, we're going to have Brandon Williams, who's the pastor at um, Hope Community in Toledo, who just planted a church in, in, in a situation much like ours in Toledo. And we're going to have Brandon come talk to our board, and we're going to ask him some questions. Well, we're going to determine district support. In October, there's a meeting of the district, and Bob is on the committee, and so Bob's going to find out what kind of district support we can, we can expect, what we need to do to get district support. We're going to begin to investigate locations, uh, begin to determine locations we can plant in Judea in an organized way. This is community events we can be involved in, and this is locations. And so as, as you're aware of locations and and Union County, let us know. I mean, we, we want to know, we, we want to cover all bases. And, and then we need to determine a launch pastor. Now, probably uh, we will determine a launch pastor before we determine a location. Be, before we do anything in this process of significance, we have to have someone that you can see who you're following. Who, who might that be? Well, we, we've got staff that we're going to investigate whether that's what God's wanting to do in their life, and if they're suitable for that, but, but we're open to whatever God's calling us to do. How do we plant the gospel? And, that, and that's, as you have questions, that is our vision for the church plant. Okay, now we're going to talk about some other things here just for a few moments, uh, but that is the vision for church planting. If you have any questions, see me, talk to me. I mean, I, am I real scary or something? I mean, I, you know, my office, my door's always open. And if I have time, I'll talk to you. I'll answer any questions. I'll hear any concerns. Uh, talk to us. If you have questions, we want to know what your questions are. If you have suggestions, who I about knocked over that big bat of corn? That'd be like, how many? 38,000, 80,000 seeds all over. Craig, you here? Yeah, okay. <laughs> but what's the timetable? Uh, an effective launch will not occur, could not occur before the fall of 2017 or the spring of 2018. So, so that is our launch date. We're, we're looking 24 months to 30 months out is an effective launch date. How do we plant the gospel in Samaria? These are those who are disconnected culturally and socially. Uh, that is the vision. Uh, turn around and look on the back wall. Turn around and look at the back wall. That is Union County, Okay. And besides that, you see all the different ministries that are present in Union County. Earlier in this little informational meeting, I said, you know, we're not going to try to reinvent every ministry. Folks, there are countless ministries serving in Union County in ways that we can become involved. And we want you to be aware of these ministries, and we want you to participate in these ministries. And as you participate in those ministries, we want you to let us know. And we're going to put a light to represent your work in that ministry. And, and the, the theme is light up Union County. We want to light up Union County with our service. And there's a sheet that has under there all the different places that you can get involved. And we're looking at different ways that, that, make it, that will make it easier for you to plug in. I am encouraging you as your pastor, be a missionary, okay? Be out there, serve, love. And then communion and food pounding. As we're able to design it, the, the vision and the approval of the board is to have 
a food pantry, a food bin, a collection bin connected with our communion. Uh, the ideal of communion historically in the church has been when communion is received, then what's left over is taken out to those who have need. And so we want to connect that thought once again, that, that when we receive communion, it's not just about receiving, but it's also about giving. And, and so we, we want to have a bin that is connected. And if somebody has any ideals on this, maybe you've got it in your garage and you want to sell it to us. Uh, we want to have a bin that connects to the communion table. We want to meet the communion table back in front so that it's a visible reminder that we are to support, we are to give those in need in our community. And so that is in the works. And um, you guys look excited. <laughs> and then in the spring... I'm, I'm doing a, a series with Brandon Williams and um, Joe Proudfoot, who's the new pastor at Mount Sterling, and uh, David Dooley, who's the pastor at Kenton, and um, Jeff Rollison, who's the pastor at Troy First. Uh, we're collaborating on a series together on baptism, and it will be the series right before Easter, and on Easter Sunday, we're going to have a baptism Sunday, and we're believing that we're going to baptize 20 people on Easter Sunday. Now I've said it, now you guys don't embarrass me, okay? We baptize 20 people, what's that mean? We've got to bring people to the Lord. And, and so we're going to do a series together on baptism, and on Easter we're going to celebrate together with baptism in all these churches. But connected with that, we're going to do a work and witness trip to Toledo. Uh, Brandon has community block parties in, in the park, and, and that is how they've launched their, their church. And, and so we're going to join them on a Saturday block party, and then I'm going to encourage you to go to church in Toledo uh, with, with the campus or with you know Brandon's church at, at Hope Community. And so that's a weekend, we've not set the date, a weekend work and witness trip to Toledo. Who wants to go to Toledo? Oh, yeah, there's okay. I'm surprised. <laughs> Uh, even people in Toledo don't want to go to Toledo. <laughs> so that's how we plant the gospel in Samaria. How do we plant the gospel to the ends of the earth? You know, I, I'm, we're blessed to be part of a church, and I'm blessed to pastor, uh, pastor a church where missions is a priority. Uh, you faithfully give to faith, promise, and missions. Uh, just two weeks ago, we had a missionary. Today, we had alabaster offering. You support crisis care packs and school packs. Uh, I, I know in Faith Promise, and, and you need to give yourself a hand for this, Faith Promise commitment was over $27,000. And yeah, you need to give yourself a hand for that. <laughs> we support missionaries, and we support missions. And, and when you think world missions... I don't know what goes through your mind and what you envision that it looks like, but World Missions is holistic. It, it, it addresses um, physical needs, it, it, it addresses spiritual needs. As a matter of fact, um, Wyatt is engaged to Priscilla Radcliffe, and I, you know, I don't even think about this. Priscilla's dad is a missionary doctor in Papua New Guinea. And so the Nazarene Church has hospitals and schools and missionaries all over the world. Before the Nazarene Church was organized, we already had missionaries serving in world areas. And so you are blessed to be part of a church that we don't have to find an area, but we can support a church that is actively involved in missions throughout the world. And then what do you do now? Pray. Pray. You need to be praying about this. Ask questions. 
I mean, if you don't understand, if something didn't make sense, if you're not understanding where we're going, what God's doing, what we believe God's doing, ask the question. Give suggestions. And in my notes, I put, give suggestions, not just complaints. (laughs) As a leader, I can accept critique, but when you critique, give me a solution. Seriously. I mean, don't just say that. You're a stupid pastor, and if I ask you for a second opinion, don't tell me I'm fat too, okay? Um, (laughs) Suggestions. This this is how we have dialogue. You know, I I have no illusion that I know everything. If you believe pastor knows everything, say amen. See? (laughs) You tell me that all the time. I have no illusion. Terry, do I know everything? See? I don't know everything. And sometimes... I'm just flat wrong. (laughs) I think last year I was wrong like twice. (laughs) No, you know, this is a process that, this is a conversation that we're in together. This is all of us, not one of us, not a few of us. This is all of us. And we are better together in conversation, in planning, in vision. You know, I believe God calls pastors. You know, I'm not embarrassed to say, I believe I am called to be your pastor at this moment in time. And that is a call from God. But I'm not called to push you. I'm not called to manipulate you. I'm called to lead you and find God's vision. That's something we do together. Get involved. Find a way that you can plug in. Plant the gospel Somewhere Now, we talked about this as staff. You know, I, I believe that when Jesus invites us to be his, his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, he's not saying pick and choose. He's saying you're my witnesses everywhere. <laughs> you, have, you have a responsibility for the spread of the gospel from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. And we have ways you can get involved in all areas. Then finally, love. Those great theologians, the captain and Tennille, and you guys, you don't know who the Captain into Neil is. See, some of us older fuck folks said, love will keep us together, right? Is that not true? Folks, as we move through all this, love will keep us together. That's why John says, love covers a multitude of sins. When we really love each other, we can move through disagreements in a different way. We can move with, through different ways of seeing things in a different way. Now, Terry and I, in the summer of 1993, we found out she was expecting our first child. We didn't know whether it was a boy or a girl. Uh, we didn't know what kind of personality they would have. We, we didn't know the amount of sacrifice that raising that child would take. We didn't know all the ups and downs that you have in raising a child. As a matter of fact, if we knew all those things, we'd be terrified, right? We're excited and scared all at the same time. That's how we should feel. I don't think, I think you would be completely unnatural if you weren't a little bit scared about what this might mean. I was running the other day and as I was running down the street, there, were, um, there was a mom 
stand with her son. And I could tell it was one of his first days at school because the mom was still standing by him waiting for the bus. You know, by the time they're six months in, you're like, go get the bus. <laughs> the mom's got her arm around the kid. And, and then there's two little siblings sitting on the front step watching this. <laughs> and I looked, you know, the, the, the one going to school was nervous, excited. And the ones sitting on the porch were just nervous. <laughs> That's kind of what we feel like. We don't know what God's, where God's going to lead us exactly, but can I tell you, wherever God leads us, it'll be good. I'm going to leave you this morning with a, a dream I had, and if you read Facebook, you saw I had a dream. And in this dream, somebody was reading a sign, and I, I, I'm still not sure if it's just something I ate or God was trying to speak to me, but the person read the sign and then laughed, and the sign said this, Don't say Jesus won't when you know he will. (laughs) Uh, Folks, never say Jesus won't when you know he will. Lord, bless us today. Thank you for this time. Help us, Lord, just to continue in the conversation of what it means to plant the gospel. Now, Lord, we give you thanks for this time. We give you thanks, Lord, uh, for the first service and the coming second service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless. You're dismissed.